Hi there, it's Bean. Welcome to an all new episode of Great Moments in Weed History. Today, I'm gonna share with you a very special conversation that previously was only available to supporters of this podcast on Patreon as part of the ongoing series of secret sessions I've been having with GMI WH listeners from our online community. I decided to bring this particular secret sesh out from behind the paywall or the J wall, as we like to call it, because first of all, it's incredibly inspiring and could really help people who use cannabis medicinally and still face stigma or even the threat of arrest for making that highly logical choice. Also, because I want to invite you, yes, you, to please come join in all the fun we're having. And you can do that by visiting greatmomentsinweedhistory.com and signing up for as little as $1 per month. That gets you the video version of every episode, plus all of the secret sessions, even more bonus content, and of course, my most sincere thanks for helping us bring these incredible weed stories to people all around the world. As you're about to hear, my guest for this sesh, John, is a super chill, funny, and cool person to share some cannabis with. John also shared the story of how he became a powerful, passionate advocate for medical cannabis, in particular for those who, like himself, have Frederick's ataxia. According to the National Organization for Rare Disorders, Frederick's ataxia is a genetic, progressive, neurodegenerative movement disorder affecting one in every 50,000 people. John explains how cannabis helps him treat and manage that condition and also takes us through the truly great moment when he first spoke out loud and proud in public to let both the FDA and his fellow FA patients know about his own personal positive experiences with cannabis an act that touched the lives of many other people who have since found therapeutic relief in cannabis. The advocacy and courage of medical cannabis patients like John has always been of central importance to our movement, and I was truly honored and humbled to get lit with him and to know that he's a central part of this community we've built around the podcast. If you'd like to join us on Patreon, or should I say, joint us on Patreon, and maybe even have a secret sesh with yours truly, just go to greatmomentsinweedhistory.com. You can kick down a dollar, you could put five on it, or for just a little more, you can get a signed copy of my book, How to Smoke Pot Properly, delivered right to your door. I mean, you don't want to smoke pot improperly, right? Okay, now... On to the secret sesh. Normally, this is where I advise you to hit pause if you're not as lit as you'd like to be and use that time at your leisure to roll yourself a joint or split a blunt or pack a bong or endamulate a dab. But we do things a little different on these secret seshes. So please, wait to get lit with John and I right after the theme song. Or, okay, I hear you. Let's all get lit right now and then get lit again after the theme song. Why not? Personally, I'm going to hit this pod tone right here for the purest, tastiest rosin puff possible. <sighs> ah. And now, let's get into our secret sesh with John, which, yes, includes another great, great moment, moment in weed history. history. 
right, John, welcome to The Secret Sesh. I've been looking forward to seshing with you. And of course, you and I are seshing with everyone out in the wider GMI, WHPU, the Great Moments in Weed History podcast universe. So let's uh, let's get started in seshy style. And then I am ex- so excited to hear about your weed journey, John. Perfect. So I will be passing for this session. That's the the friendliest way to uh, partake in a smoke-free building. Too many emails about uh, smell. <laughs> so, John, we want to hear about a great moment in your own personal weed history. So I have a medical condition called free drug ataxia. It's a neuromuscular condition. Uh, genetic, it's pretty rare. I think there's 15,000 people in the world with it. I was born with it, but I grew up. My childhood was totally normal. I was very athletic. Um, before I get too far, I just want to give a little warning that there are some sad parts of this story, but ultimately, I'm a happy person, so everything works out okay. Not in the end, because it's still going, but uh, with where we are. Um, everything was normal growing up, and then when I was like probably about 13... Uh, I started noticing, like, imbalances, and, like, I would stumble when I'd walk sometimes, and um, I didn't know what was going on, so, uh, I mean, it went that way all through high school when it was getting slowly worse, but I, you know, I didn't know, like, what was happening or why, Um, and then when I was in college, I was diagnosed so, the first time I smoked weed was in high school, you know, years before I was diagnosed. At that point, like, weed was not at all medicine. About what year are we talking, just so, just for context? So, this was in 2000. I was a junior in high school then. It was actually at a graduation party. I went off with a few seniors and uh, we ripped a yogurt container bowl. <laughs> uh, classic first time story, you know, behind. And so, it. when we're doing the the sort of stoner movie version of this, what 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 song should we have in the soundtrack? Yeah. Two thousand. What were you listening uh, to in high school? Yeah, I mean, it would probably be like Tupac or something. Sure. Uh, Nice. Gotcha. Go on, please. So that was the first time I did it. And, uh, you know, I liked it. And I smoked every once in a while in high school. But it was not like a, a real... I wasn't a stoner at that point. Um, and then in college, um, like all my new friends, my roommates smoked weed. And, like, I liked doing it every time. So, like... I quickly became a stoner, I guess, in college. I was diagnosed my sophomore year in college and still just kept smoking weed as as for fun and, like, something that I personally enjoyed. Like, I never even thought, like, oh, this is actually helping with this 
condition. I was totally ignoring the condition and like trying to go through life without worrying about anything like that. Just kept smoking and uh, a little bit after college, you know, it started to become legal and it would be like on the cover of magazines, big weed leaves on like Time Magazine that would be at my parents' house. And like, I'd always kind of laugh. Because it was like they're they they're not weed people at all. And then like at one point after college, I just thought, you know, I, I I'm a grown up now, and I'll just put my sterner days behind me. I didn't buy a bag of weed the next time I ran out, and like I was, you know, I didn't have like withdrawal or anything there was you know still in control but not as happy as it was (laughs) so when it was time to sleep that's when it really like would hit me like i would just have like a bad trip every time i went to sleep lying in bed thinking about the worst possible things and uh that's like it was like well it wasn't this way with wheat and that's when i like the first time it was like well wheat is actually missing and this was probably in like oh six yeah i mean years went by and and i kept smoking and the condition kept running its course but i never, never i mean but i like in my mind, I was still just being a stoner, which at the time was a bad thing. So I was still like very much hiding, hiding it every time I smoked. Well, at that time, were you able to talk about that with you know doctors, medical professionals? I know you you mentioned it being such a rare condition. Had you found any information about other people with the condition using cannabis in that way? Or were you really off on your own just trying to figure things out? I was pretty much just off on my own. Like, I remember, like, I went to one neurologist appointment. And I asked him about weed, like, it was horribly nervous right before I said it because I knew, like, I'm better to admit to using an illicit drug. But, like, I asked him about it, and he was totally, like, there have been no studies on it. There's no proof to say it helps, uh, and it's smoking. And I would never recommend that anyone smoke. You know, I I was testing the water, sort of. He didn't give me anything to work with. So it was like, you know, I'm, I'm still going to smoke weed. I was doing pretty well with with the condition, like managing all symptoms. Even if weed was bad for me, I'd probably still smoke it <laughs> because I, I just like getting high. The years went by. And, like, I kept smoking and, like, kept hiding and, and like, lying to my doctors about it. They would always say, keep doing what you're doing. So, in my mind, it was like, well, this doctor just told me to keep smoking weed. So, in essence, the doctors, without realizing that you were using cannabis, 
were saying, hey, you are doing well, uh, you know, right. comparatively to other people with this condition without realizing what you knew, which was that cannabis was the reason why. And um, if I can just interject for a second, this has been the experience of so many people, unfortunately, because the medical establishment has actively denied the obvious medicinal properties of this plant. And one thing we talk about on this show is breaking down those kinds of stigmas and that kind of ignorance. Every person like yourself who is willing to be upfront about your personal experience plays a huge role in that. And it has always been that the patient's have educated the doctors. And so I really uh, commend you for doing that because that helps not just yourself, but the overall understanding of this plant and how it can be used to treat so many um, different conditions. Right. I mean, yeah. So the years went by. Let's go to 2017, which will bring us to really the the main great moon of this Mm -hmm. Rambling story. <laughs> no, we are you are on point, and I am. I am. Hold on one second, because if we're getting to our great moment, I gotta. Yeah. All right, lay it on me. So I told you a little of my background with the FA, but there's a lot of like kids get it when they're like two years old, and they're in a wheelchair by the time they're five, and they die when they're six. There's a, a really tragic side to it. And so there's a lot of research being done to find a cure for it. Doctors look at it like the way the genetic like structure of the disorder, I guess. And they say there's this chance that we can actually like, cure the disease. They don't like to use the word cure, but in this case they do. There's kind of like lots of lots of research being done all the time. And so they have these conferences and symposiums designed to like educate the patients and, and families and and they present their work. So in 2017, uh they're having a like a patient focused meeting, the FEA. Which is, I live in Silver Spring, Maryland, and that's where the FDA is. So, um, like, I had to go to it, of course. Mm-hmm. And, like, I had friends flying from everywhere going to it. So, it was a big deal. They asked us all to say something, speak for three minutes, and tell us about your your greatest concerns. And we will try to then gear our research to relieving the issues that you talk about. Um, so all day, like, people gave stories about their lives and, and the pain that FA is causing them. And then it was up to me, my turn with the microphone. And uh, so I, I gave a, a talk about weed. And, oh, it can really help 
and in specific ways. What 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 were those ways? What what were um, the ways that you find that helped? Let's read read the uh, the speech right now. Perfect. This is a recreation of a great moment in weed history. I'm I'm thrilled. Resetting the scene, we are in a meeting hall. The scientists and researchers from the FDA are sitting behind a desk, I assume, and you are one of many patients who have uh, come to this meeting to share your experience. You've got your three minutes, and and this is what you uh, informed them from your experience. It's a very good setup, and... I just want to say, keep in mind, this was 2017. Dispensaries opened around here in 2018, or January 2018 was my first experience at a dispensary. So I hadn't even really done, like, deep research or anything. Hi, I'm John Sarnsek. I currently do a lot to manage my symptoms. The one I want to talk about today is cannabis. It's safe and effective. The benefits are wide-ranging. Everything from neuropathic pain relief to muscle relaxing to emotional and mental restoration. Cannabis helps with sleep. Anyone with the FA will tell you if you're not well-rested, the ataxia is more pronounced. It can reduce dependency on antidepressants, painkillers, and other potentially harmful prescription drugs. This information has been widespread for a few years. Medical marijuana has been legalized in 29 states plus D.C., yet there hasn't been an investigation into its benefits with FA. It's not a cure, but we could be using a specifically cultivated strain that targets a specific symptom right now with the doctor's guidance and feeling better. A study would clarify exactly what the benefits are open the door for further legalization, classification, and accessibility to it in various forms. Until recently, the primary way of ingesting the cannabinoids was by smoking. Now it's going to be done in healthier ways such as beverizing, eating foods with it cooked in, even lotion. This stuff can help us. We need to know how. We need a scientific investigation. Thank you. John, that was, that was among everything else, beautifully written. You know, you anticipated the concerns and, and, you know, what the reaction might be and just stuck to facts and your own experience and the idea that what we really need to do is learn about this plant and that we also need to make it available to people right now because we know that it works even as we can learn 
more about how it works. And I think I said earlier that it's always been the patients educating the doctors. And this is just a huge example of that to, for you to be there educating the Food and Drug Administration, the government, the people who created and maintained these prohibitions for so long is such a beautiful and important act and that you were able to speak on behalf of so many other people is just so admirable. And I am going to uh, get out my big stamp that says great moments in weed history and boom, 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 boom. Many times stamp that as, as, as such. Um, and 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 what was the reaction sort of in the room and then and what happened next so in the room there was like definitely uh like an awkward silence like a real pregnant pause and then people clapped and then there's another awkward pause, and somebody else just started talking and giving their story. Um, and then, so a few months later, uh, they published a report from this meeting, and everybody's story was in their word for word, except for mine. <laughs> Um, Give me last... one second to seethe with rage. Yeah. <laughs> okay, please go on. So on one of the pages, like half a sentence said, one page said, marijuana helps. And that's it. Uh, and then since then, not a word from anyone. Uh, no research, nothing. But the great moment continues. Like a year and a half later, probably, uh, a woman, a mother of like a teenager, I think, who I know was at the FCA meeting, was there again at, at one of these symposiums from that was held by one of the organizations. And she asked the, the doctor during the Q&A portion, what do you think about CBD oil? And he started off by saying, well, first of all, my employer prohibits me from, from speaking about cannabis. Or he, he was calling it marijuana. But he called it marijuana every time. It just mm-hmm. kind of bothered me because it was like, that is not even an accurate term. So he was like, you know, I'm prohibited from talking about marijuana. However, yeah, it, it does these things. And, and he listed everything that was in my speech that it, it provided relief to all that. And uh, so after that meeting, she approached me and, and gave me a big hug. And, and, like, she didn't explain why, but, like, I knew why. That meant a lot to me. Just if I'm able to help, help anyone with it, just by educating people, it's definitely worth it. Worth 
my full effort from there i realized that like this is like legitimate the organizations are not doing anything about it so it's kind of up to me like i don't think there's anyone else in my position like i've, I've been respected in the taxi community for a while because i was involved in in various ways um but I was like, you know, I'm the one that that has belief in this stuff. They can help us. Uh, and, like, I have the means. So, like, I then, like, devoted my life to, like, re research about it and, like, my own experimentation and, and like, just reading everything I possibly can and like listening to your progress has done tons for me. I've found ways that that help profoundly uh, that like nobody ever talks about. It. And like if I didn't do this research myself, then like I, I would not know uh, that like this stuff. You know, I have tinctures of CBG and CBN, which I did originally get from Tweedle Farms, but that have, like, saved my life since June alone. So, like, if I've been taking them for longer, who knows where I'd be. So, like, with all this, this knowledge now, like, I realized, like, we need to advance this this message as much as we can. So, like, I started a group on Facebook called Canataxia, and, you know, it's for people with ataxia that, that also use cannabis as... I got to say, that's a weed pun right there. <laughs> I see you. <laughs> <laughs> and we have like 170 members or so and like it's a good group we went and have our our first like field trip ganaxia retreat uh sort of thing so that's that's another great moment and then like all of that has led me to do some writing about it and like i'm i'm working on uh you know a pamphlet that uh sort of explains all my all my research in pretty pretty humble terms because i'm not a doctor i'm not a researcher i'm just a guy that loves weed <laughs> understands its potential john that's that is beautiful and that is how this movement to embrace the medicinal properties of this plant has gone forward. People who have maybe listened to our episodes about Dennis Perone and Brownie Mary, there was a very similar uh, dynamic at the beginning of the AIDS crisis in this country where the condition was not well understood. There was an unbelievable amount of fear and stigmatizing of the people who had that condition and the medical establishment refused to uh, listen to the people who knew best through a uh, terrible personal experience how much benefit 
cannabis had and people you know unfortunately in the era of brownie mary and dennis perone they were both arrested multiple times for providing cannabis to people dennis perone was shot by the police and and imprisoned for this and yet because of the medical necessity because the need is so great in those who uh have a condition like this they would not be deterred they would not stop speaking their truth and in those cases you know they were willing to not just uh break the law but tr- change the law fortunately in our time now there's so much because of this continual work of patients and people like yourself there are great doctors out there and there are people who care about this in the medical establishment but by and large they want to sell you pharmaceuticals and they're part of these bigger institutional structures that are all about law enforcement and pharmaceutical drugs and it has taken and I'm going to throw a uh, a a pretty well-worn weed pun back at you but it has taken grassroots people like yourself to speak up to do that research and more than anything to have the uh courage of your convictions to share that experience and I just want to say you know to anybody listening on your behalf um it's very difficult to do public speaking of any kind you know to get up at the PTA meeting and say you know i th- i think that we should have uh healthier lunches for the kids most people are shaking with with nervousness and so for you to find it in yourself to speak about something um this controversial and and to know you're going to face certain kinds of opposition and stigma and to do it anyway puts you very much in that tradition of uh patient advocates for the plant and um you know that hug that you described is just one physical manifestation of a lot of people who you're going to reach with that message who you may never hear from uh but whose lives will be profoundly benefited by the work that you're doing and as always we are allies to this plant so you know hat tip to <laughs> cannabis itself for being such a profoundly healing plant and John I want to also really make the point you know when when we talk with people like yourself that this is this condition is a part of your life but it's not your life and using cannabis medicinally is part of your weed life but it's not your entire weed life so I'd love to kind of close out with um some things that you like to do when you're stoned and that maybe are opened up to you because of this healing yeah i mean well, so I am like a fitness enthusiast, so I actually work out stoned a lot, uh, like most days. So that's that's one thing. I mean, just like reading in movies and TV shows and uh, that stuff, and and like I really do enjoy getting getting really high and just riding around town. 
and observing everything and uh <laughs> so that's fun and um you see my 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 keyboard deck there i uh Tinker away that uh, it's some dexterity exercise, but you know, weed definitely helps that. A garden on the balcony. So I've tried growing and like I've, I have a little seedling for this year, but uh, not yet been successful. So maybe. All our thoughts are with you and your seedling, and I hope that you will update us throughout the year on the progress of that plant. And, um, you know, what you were saying reminded me of another uh, uh, interview on this program, the great musician David Crosby, who who recently uh, passed. But we were saying, oh, you're a legend, you know, you do... You wrote these songs and you're in the rock hall. Oh, you're a legend. And he said, no, man, I'm just another stoner. And, and I think that's really important when we um, talk with patients such as yourself that we understand that this is just a, one part of your weed life and you are uh, getting lit and watching movies and making music and taking walks like we all do and uh, are all together in this great moments in weed history community. John, I have enjoyed uh, seshing with you and getting to know you. I am so inspired uh, by your story and that, and that you, with all that you've uh, done for this plant and for the people in your community that, that you find this show, this community that we're creating with great moments in weed history to be of value and a place where you feel uh, uh, welcomed and and celebrated rightly um, makes me very inspired to go forward with this show, to go forward with these secret seshes. And uh, let's let's round it out with a with a session. If you got anything you want to share before we. Uh, say uh you know that we're gonna see you next weed on next weedness day but let's uh let's sesh for now um uh in honor of the past episode uh this is kendall <laughs> nice yes so uh, what you're alluding to is our episode about the history of the strain ChemDog, how it started out uh, as seed, uh, bag seed on the Grateful Dead lot and became sort of uh, one of the building blocks of modern cannabis. And now these, I love when our great moments in weed history stories converge and intersect. And now uh, what could be... Uh, a better example than that, uh, than you finding the healing and joy in some chem dog and session right along with you as we all are here in great moments in weed history, fam. And now I will say it. We will see you next weed on Weedness Day. And if you want to be on the secret sesh and have an experience like this, please hit me up. Info at great moments in weed history.com and we will set it up john please please uh let's keep in touch about that plant about your progress and um i feel a real connection to you and, and a deep appreciation for you uh sharing your story so thank you so much
Thank you, Bean. I'll be in touch. Well, that's the show, folks. Thanks so much for listening. And if you stuck around this long, please consider supporting us on Patreon. You can put five on it at greatmomentsinweedhistory.com. And that would really help us as we research, write, edit, and publish a new episode every Weedness Day. Great Moments in Weed History is written, produced, and performed by me, David Beanenstock, a.k.a. Bean. Special thanks to our sponsor, PAX. Go to PAX.com and use promo code GREATMOMENTS, all one word, for a big discount at checkout.